You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. Welcome back, everybody, to the Oz Network as we move into another Nip Tuck recap episode. We're into season six, still the third episode entitled Brigitte Reinholdt. Well, I can't even say it in a bad accent because this episode's kind of filled with bad accents. Uh, this aired on the 28th of October 2009. It was written by Sean Jabionski and directed by Dirk Craft. I don't know why every time I look at that I think it says Dick Craft, but, uh, it's, it's Dirk Craft. <laughs> uh, maybe Dick Craft sums up this episode more. I don't know. Uh, my name is Ben and when I eat asparagus, my piss stinks. Tell me something I don't know. <laughs> and uh, my name's Nick, and every little suck makes me feel one step closer to perfection. <laughs> that was going to be my backup if you hosted, and then you said that one. So <laughs> look at us planning these. Um, yeah, this is a episode of Nip Tuck, Nick. Um, it's well, we 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 are establishing this every week that kind of we come into these not expecting much, and I feel that we leave kind of you know not expecting much either. So, um, what what do you think of this this episode of of Nip Tuck? Uh, yeah, well, I think it's um, it's over the top and dramatic and um, a little bit silly and kind of everything you expect at this point of the show. I mean, um, it, it's certainly not champagne nip tuck, is it by any means? But um, I think it's serviceable. There's there's plenty of interesting stuff to talk about, um, and I feel like we actually are starting to set up some storylines. So I've got to appreciate that. But um, yeah, unfortunately, there's. Uh, you know, there's the usual crap that that we unfortunately are dealing with in in this season. Hmm. Yeah, that's that's some words for it. Um, we're we're gonna get straight into this. I feel we're we're going to uh, meet straight away, Brigitte. But uh, Mike is the one who's going to be saying, "Tell us what you don't like about ourselves. Tell us what you know the line. I can't even say it properly." Um. So Mike apparently is being more than a pod surgeon. He's kind of sitting in these consults now. So. Fair enough, but we meet Brigitte Reinholt, played by Lee Garlington, who uh, I know her from uh, Dante's Peak, really. Um, but, uh, yeah, she kind of says she does a terrible accent. Uh, I think she's meant to be Swedish, but uh, it is incredibly fake. It sounds like a really bad German accent. But um, she is collecting facelifts. She travels the world, gets a whole bunch done, um, and she wants another facelift, and she wants her... Um, Recovery done with some, um, leeches, miracle verkers, as she calls them. <laughs> and, um, essentially that's what she does. She, she gives a throwaway line that she got some, uh, lipo recently in Vegas. So that's going to come back very soon in this episode. Um, and basically Mike sort of steps in and kind of defends her because of Christian sort of dismissing this as something that's not going to work. And, uh, she's going to pay top dollar for it though. So. Uh, yeah, I, I look, I will say that I like this idea. This is another one of these ideas that I think is an interesting one. Leeches, you know, we're six seasons in and we kind of never, uh, looked at this, but, um, it's just, I just, this woman, I have nothing against this actress, Lee Garlington, but she just, this act, this accent is terrible. <laughs> it's so bad. It just takes me away from it. But, uh, anyway, there's our setup. We've met our, our titular character straight away. Yeah, and I think you're right. It is one that does kind of it, it, it's off-putting and, and kind of gets in the way of enjoying this episode a little bit, which is a shame because you're right that the whole leech idea is quite good. And you know, we talked last week about Enigma and how that was a bit disappointing that we didn't really get a whole lot, or you know, and it could have been expanded upon. And I think this time we get a character who we get a lot from her, and um, yeah, it's just a shame that unfortunately that yeah the um, 
the accent just doesn't really work, does it? So, yeah, it's a bit, bit of a bummer, really. But, um, yeah, it is what it is. We're also getting kind of that, you know, that set up, I guess, of um, Christian, uh, sorry, yeah, no, Christian and um, Mario Lopez's character. Um, you know, they're basically, you know, kind of uh, not exactly arguing, but, you know, not getting along during the consult, which is going to kind of set off this kind of conflict between the two of them as we go forwards. Which... It's just a trope, isn't it? I mean, we had this with Quinton. Things start off rosy and merry, and all of a sudden it's like, oh, randomly things are just not going to work out. Um, you know, obviously we talked a lot about that through Season 3. We're out of kind of nowhere. Poor old Quinton just gets shoved aside, doesn't he? Yeah, exactly. And there's this line here, you know, I don't know if we kind of get to the scene or not yet, but, you know, when they're kind of arguing after the console, and, and Christian calls him pod boy. What's the, what's the relevance of that line? I think that's you? because I, he says he's going to be a pod surgeon, right? So that's what he said when he was going to come in and do his uh, oh, right. okay, pod okay. work, whatever it was. Right. Okay, no, that's cool. I just, I knew there must have been a reason for it. I just, I, I hadn't really picked up on exactly what the line was supposed to be referring to. So thanks for that. You've cleared that up for me. You are welcome. I'm here to always uh, make sure that this show is, um, you know, run properly and the smart people understand. <laughs> uh, but uh, so we've got, I like Christian here reacting all of a sudden and, you know, as you said, calls him pod boy and, you know, sort of going off at Mike. But, you know, Mike sort of apologizes quickly and we find out that him and Kimber have been dating, as we kind of established. Kimber in a workplace is always going to end up dating the new doctor at some point. Um, so I was going to say Quinton didn't date Kimber, but they kind of, did they had threesomes together so you know fair enough it's it's there but um quinton uh, quinton i'm calling him quinton now uh mike <laughs> essentially is saying that uh kimber doesn't seem interested in him anymore uh that, that she's not putting out as much and uh, christian's like you're putting on a bit of weight um and i do like the line there where christian's like oh does kimber talk about me and um, mike's just like yeah nothing good though um and obviously you know it's kind of kimber still being in love with christian uh, I'm just going to tack on here because really, what is there to talk about? That Teddy and Sean have gotten married. Can we just go back a week ago when they quote broke up? Remember when Sean couldn't sleep and was fingering people in emergency rooms and taking drugs? Well, that's all forgotten about now because he's back to being blissfully married to Teddy. Yes, that happened. Um, yeah, it's, it's poor writing, isn't it? Really, it's you know, it just it's annoying because. Yeah, it just feels kind of um, inconsistent, which is it's just frustrating. You know, like this this would have been fine if we hadn't, as you rightly say, it's um, yeah, it's just irritating. <laughs> yeah, it's ridiculous. <laughs> we don't even know what to say with it. One one thing that I really am discovering with with Sean and Teddy, we go back again to to Dylan Walsh and Katie Sackhoff. Great chemistry. We said it from the very beginning when they first meet that you just feel these two are going to jump each other's bones and have sex. There is no chemistry between uh, Dylan Walsh and Rose McGowan. So that, to me, just always feels uh, incredibly weird. But, uh, I mean, kind of the announcement they got married and um, Christian is, you know, not really that interested. We meet Hans because Christian's very excited and this is this guy who obviously is controlling the uh, the leeches who I've seen this guy and things. I haven't looked him up yet. Julia, Julia, Oscar, Mikosa. Um, I've definitely seen him in something. He's in Jurassic Park 3. That's where. Uh, he's the guy on the uh, the boat. He's Enrique. <laughs> There's a bit of an in-joke for those of people who listen to our Jurassic Park uh, recaps. But um, he's there telling the stories about what leeches do. Um, and can I also just point out that Liz and Christian are completely back to normal now as well, something which just kind of, again, I know last week 
I was happy that this whole storyline's ended, but we literally just get into this situation where Liz and Christian are just normal, and we kind of get a throwaway line where Christian's like, oh, there's the old Liz that I didn't marry or something like that. So it's kind of just a bit hammy that it just gets forgotten about and swept under the rug so quickly. So much in this episode just gets swept under the rug. Hey, let's move on again. Yeah, yeah, it is one of those things. Um, I would push back a little bit too, as well, though. Um, I, I wouldn't say that um, that Sean and Teddy, you know, these two actors have no chemistry. Um, but I would say that the, you know, in terms of the kind of like that sexual chemistry, there's nothing there. But I think they kind of they function well enough as kind of like this on-screen couple. You know, they, I don't they don't jump out at me as being terrible, but they don't jump out at me as being. Um, you know, amazing either. Um, yeah, so yeah, yeah. This this Hans character, I hadn't really noticed him from anywhere else, but yeah, we kind of get this this whole leech thing kind of coming in, and you know, Sean seems quite interested in the whole thing. Really, it's um, yeah, he he definitely seems more into it than than Christian, and it's kind of funny because you know some of these storylines, and you know, you think of the things with um, you know, whether or not you believe in them, like that alien episode, and and you know, even that stigmata episode, and this is what it feels like one of those things. It's a bit of a pseudoscience type thing, and um, you. You know, and you're kind of waiting for this to become a big thing about do you believe or do you not believe, and that's kind of not where it's going at all. It's going in a bit of a different direction. So, yeah, I, I found it quite interesting, really, that these guys are kind of, well, at least Sean is, is kind of quite into it. Yeah, which, I mean, it kind of goes back to the point where I said where it's like an interesting sort of storyline with it. I, I definitely feel as though this is something that could have been explored more. But, uh, you know, again, that's going to be, I think, a thing with Season 6. you got these interesting ideas that just really, you know, nothing kind of goes about with it. Um, we we kind of sort of at the end of this, uh, you know, Sean questioning Christian about, you know, you're pissed that I didn't tell you about the wedding and uh, Christian, obviously, uh, you know, talking about it doesn't bother him. He said his fair share of weddings this year. And we find out that Sean signed a prenup. So, uh, hmm, well, where's that going to go? Uh, but also this then cuts to Kimba going for a run. We hear some shut up and let me go to kind of date this episode. Remember that song, Nick? I'm sure you still listen to it on your iPod. Um, the Ting Tings? Can you say that again? Sorry, Nick, what was the name of that band? The Tongue tongue Tongues. The Tongue Tongues. Um, the Ting Tings, yes. Oh, uh, God, that they've gone on to big and great things uh, within the last uh, eight years, haven't they? Um, but Christian's somehow founder, and uh, we get this conversation about uh, what's the problem with Mike, and Kimber basically says nothing. He's kind of too perfect, but she's just worried that all of a sudden he's going to want to get peed on or something along these lines, you know, want to keep him sweet and innocent, so she's withholding sex. They apparently got drunk and got tattoos. I want to keep an eye on that because I just somehow feel as though, I don't know if we get a storyline about them getting removed, I can't remember, but uh, just try and remember that later on to see if Kimber always has this tattoo um, but I do kind of like the bit where, you know, Kimber sort of gives that look to Christian and is like, oh, I think you're jealous and kind of just runs off. Um, I don't know. I, it's, it's such a poor episode again. I just kind of like, again, I like the Kimber stuff this season. I don't really have a whole lot to complain about the Kimber storylines this season. Yeah, well, I think they kind of bring her back in and, and make her feel like an integral part of the show where, you know, in season five and, and, you know, to a degree kind of season four, she wasn't, you know, it was just on the outskirts really. And, and that's probably part of being, you know, related to the Matt story is that Matt, for a lot of the show, was kind of like his stories aren't really interconnected with the rest of the show. So while she's kind of, you know, in that Matt place, then, you know, she just feels like off to the side, whereas they've kind of brought her back into the mix with the main characters, and, and yet she feels kind of important to the show again, which is great. I agree, I agree. And speaking of being important to the show, 
Uh, we mean Annie again. Uh, although, is it Annie? I don't know. It's a young girl with a hat on and listening to an iPod. She's also listening to the Tong Tongs. Uh, she loves it as she's out to dinner with, uh, Teddy and Sean. Um, and basically, Sean is going on about Annie struggling to adjust to the divorce and all the changes. Okay, how many times have Sean and Julie gotten divorced? How many times have things changed? He's only now just realising that maybe she's struggling. Uh, she's very rude to Teddy, which, fair enough, uh, good on you, Annie. And uh, she ultimately gets up, doesn't want to eat, and storms off and goes to the uh, bathroom, to which we then get the line from Sean, compared to her, Matt was a breeze. I want to remember that in about two episodes' time. Like, really? What has Annie actually done compared to Matt? Annie stuck a tampon in her because her brother talked her into it and she, what, had, like, sepsis or whatever it was. She got caught giving a blowjob and now she's going to be eating a hair. That's kind of tame compared to what Matt's been up to. Um, but, I, yeah, I look, I... I don't see. this. I've written down here in my uh, notes here that still no chemistry. I just... I don't see any chemistry between these two at all. And just kind of Teddy talking about getting up and going to a lawyer. It's just, again, just the way Rose McGowan has this scour about her, you know, trying to do what uh, Katie Sackhoff was doing, Teddy. just doesn't work. But um, can I just point out that uh, I actually, you know I love Annie, but I actually think that this style of Annie, like, really suits it. And, like, Kelsey Batlin does actually fantastic work here. We talked about the last time we saw her. Uh, when she was in that car with Christian and they crashed. And again, miraculously, her face looks amazing from that surgery that Sean got stabbed halfway through. Um, but, you know, she kind of had reverted back to this little girl, you know, saying like, Daddy, Daddy, you know, things like that. But she she's in a road at this point. I think she develops well. And I think kind of she plays this bratty, emo hair eater quite well. Yeah, I think so, and it's nice for her to be given something that's a little bit different to do, so that's that's always a good thing, um, and like I think I said at the end of last episode, that you know it does feel like you can see the kind of connective tissues between this Annie and the kind of Connor McNamara 2026 version of, of Annie, which I quite like, it feels like they've maybe deliberately done that a little bit, which is cool, I, I do appreciate that, so yeah, I mean, I'm just pleased that she's actually got something of a storyline, which is, you know, it may not be the best storyline in the world, but at least there's something there for her. I agree, completely agree. Um, then Teddy is uh, back in the office, and uh, we're about to have the Brigitte sto- uh, surgery, and um, what happens with Bridget? Brigitte, she recognises Teddy. Dixie, is that you? You look fantastic as a brunette. Um, and, you know, first kind of inkling here, first recognition, uh, and she quickly covers her face, you know, she's like, no, I'm Teddy. Uh, and then, you know, Sean sort of questions and, oh, must have thought that I was someone else. Um, and I'll just kind of connect the other scene here that kind of follows with Annie looking at a photo. Um, and then we uh, find out that her stomach hurts. She wants to wear a hat because it helps her go to sleep. Apparently, wearing a hat for too long is a bad idea, according to Dr. Sean. And he pulls a hat off and she basically has all these missing chunks of hair and she gets nervous and pulls it out. Uh, to which she then threatens Sean if he's going to tell Julia, I'll never speak to you again. Uh, I guess she she acts this very well. It's very suited to her, but it's just kind of, oh, uh, where are we going with this storyline? I like it. I'm with you. I like the fact that Annie has a storyline, but it's just, it's a weird storyline. Anyway, uh, I've covered two scenes there. 
Yeah, it's kind of weird. I mean, yeah, I don't really have too much to add to the Teddy scene. It's really just a, yeah. um, a setup scene, isn't it? But um, yeah, the Annie stuff's quite quite interesting, and um, she does kind of have like that golem look about her, eh? like the kind of the skull cap thing that they put on her. It's, it's good makeup, actually. It looks really good. Um, yeah, and and quite a weird thing. So yeah, I mean, it's it's hard to know what to make of this, really, isn't it? It's um, it's it's interesting, I suppose, but it's um, yeah, it's probably not the great storyline I would have expected for or wanted for Annie, I guess, but better than nothing. I really would like to go back to the very first episode of Nip Tuck and again kind of just freeze frame the the bit where uh, what Annie's speaking in Spanish and Matt's speaking in Spanish and, you know, it's like, we're in Miami. Remember, you're the only one who's not speaking Spanish, Sean, and just freeze frame it. These two young innocent children say one of these one day is going to turn into a mime, the other's going to eat a hair. So um, that's yeah. kind of the development that these two get uh, to this point. Um we then have Sean uh, putting a leech on his finger, kind of testing it out. Christian comes in with a box of wedding presents and he's re-gifting his uh, wedding gifts. And uh, I actually kind of don't mind this bit of a scene here when Sean's talking about him and Kimber being made for each other, how you're basically the same person. It's a, it's a good little explanation of things. And again, ultimately what they're trying to do, I think, in this season, and you can tell early on, is just this overarching storyline of the will-they-won't-they-Kimber. Christian, I obviously went over a lot about this already this season, about how I really appreciate the way they do this. So um, I, I do like this scene, and I do like the way that Christian kind of walks out of the room and he's like, oh, thank you you two are always going to work out. Like, he kind of has that real narky little way he says it about um, Sean there. So I might actually just end this bit here because I think this is a nice little scene between these two. Yeah, I suppose so. I mean, it, it's um, like I said, it's kind of just bringing bringing Kimber back into the main storyline, and um, you know, I mean, Christian's got some unresolved feelings there, which is interesting. You know, it's not something we'd really explored. The you know, he's got these feelings that um, he hasn't kind of realised until she's not available, and you know, so yeah, I mean, I, I, I quite like this. It, it is um, a good little setup, I guess. I do have to question, though. Uh, one of the things Sean does say is you were both abused as children. Have we ever had a storyline around Kimber being abused as a child? Uh, not that I'm aware of, but, you know, it's probably just a drop line somewhere or maybe they left something up on the cutting room floor and they've just forgotten that they did that. Um, yeah, I mean, drop lines are plenty in, uh, in that tuck season six, that's for sure. Yeah, it was a little bit of a weird one. But uh, then we uh, meet a guy who, uh, Modesty, or Steve, who's not a pretty woman, and uh, basically he's a, uh, I want to say this correctly, transvestite, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, he's a straight man who likes to dress up as women, and kind of his wife does too, and he doesn't want to go out and get recognised, so he wants a mask made for him, uh, basically, so that he can, um, you know, do this and go out and not be recognised. And we learn about uh, a place called Buckles and Bowers, um, <laughs> and uh, Christian wants to go there for research, and, uh, yeah, he's uh, ultimately uh, going to use this to his advantage because he then goes to Mike and basically says that, uh, you know, I used to draft up as a woman. It made her happy. You should go to Buckles and Bowers and do that as well. So Christian obviously trying to, you know, make Mike a real dick of himself here. 
Uh, which again is, is kind of clever. I like the manipulation here that Christian's trying to do. And I, I like this guy. I like this Steve character. Again, it's something that I feel they could have explored more. It's kind of, we've got two in this episode that, you know, would have been more interesting. And I mean, we'll get to kind of what happens with Steve at the end. I don't really get why we get this thing right at the end with the mask that we don't see him. But, uh, <laughs> anyway, I, I like this character. Well, I think it's quite good in it. This feels like a real kind of Ryan Murphy touch. So I wonder yeah. if he had any part in this little storyline, which is kind of, you know, exploring these these almost kind of sexual taboos, really, that, you know, that people that do this kind of thing are considered freaks. And, you know, he wants to try and push it into a different kind of sphere. And, um, yeah, so I do really like that. Um, and um, I, I like the whole thing about why would this guy even come to them because because they're plastic surgeons, they're not makeup artists, which, you know, Sean says. So, you know, I, I like the setup there. And, um, yeah, it's a, it's a good idea. Um, yeah, as you say, we kind of don't really get the payoff that we'd hope for, but kind of used to that by now. Um, but, yeah, I think the, the thing I maybe don't love about this is the whole thing with, with Mike. I mean, I, I enjoy the kind of the comedy value that we get out of this, but, um, you know, Mike's not an idiot, and um, they kind of play him off as this complete, like, you know, innocent doofus, really, that, you know, he would go along with this plan of Christians and, you know, surely he would realise that Christian's kind of yanking his chain to, you know, kind of screw things up for him and Kimber. That that seems obvious to me and, you know, that Mike wouldn't pick up on that it just feels like a bit, of, bit too much of a stretch for me to really believe it. And also... Because, you know, we had that scene, obviously, as I mentioned earlier, where Kim was kind of, like, saying to Christian, like, oh, I think you're jealous. You know, surely Kim is going to say that to Mike. And, yes. you know, I, yeah, I, I definitely agree with you there. I think it's kind of, it's a it's a strange sort of way they go about it. Um, but, you know, we're going to get Mario Lopez dressed up as a woman. So, um, <laughs> why wouldn't... Yeah, the payoff's not bad. Yeah. Yeah. And, and another thing, too, that kind of... You know, we're, we're all the way into the sixth season here. We're really close to the end. But let's go back to the very first episode again. And remember, what got them into trouble with Escobar? Accepting money and thinking with money. This is twice in this episode that they've just thought about money. That, you yeah. know, this Steve guy's like, I'll pay top dollar. So clearly, well, not learning like from mistakes. Yeah, and I guess the the background of that is that, you know, two episodes ago we were told that these guys are in serious financial... True. You know, but that's completely dropped, you know, an episode yeah. later... We kind of just completely forget about that. So, you know, it, it, um, there is a reason for that, but they're not emphasizing it. So, you know, it's just like that was just something to get us into the season and kind of just gets dropped pretty much straight away. And this is very true. I haven't, I've completely thought of, hadn't thought about that. And then kind of, you know, did Christian's boat end up getting like, you know, condemned because he hadn't paid the payments and, you know, Liz has dropped a lawsuit and they're besties again. So uh, this is all the seeping holes of season six that, yes. you know, ultimately just are really showing themselves. And it's, it's also a case of that again, like I haven't used the word yet in this episode, but to me it's still kind of got a like a boring vibe about it. Like it's it's not boring, not mind-numbingly boring. Maybe that we had sort of in the first two episodes. Like I, I think kind of gradually each of these episodes have slightly improved from the first one. Um, but it's still there's stuff about these episodes that again it just feels very mundane and. Ugh. So, anyway, we'll maybe get to some of that. But uh, we're going to get Matt being a mime again because uh, we haven't seen him since he held up Bitch Woman from a couple of episodes ago. (laughs) What have we always wanted to see? Matt being a mime to emo Annie. Oh, there's a sentence I've been waiting to say for six seasons. Um, (laughs) We've got that weird French music, that... Um, Like Annie just popping the balloon. Um, and then Matt kind of, you know, gets this invisible box, staying in your little box of brattiness. 
Um, to which uh, Matt goes out, tells Sean, look, I can't really, you know, get her to do anything. I'm about to leave. Sean wants them to have a family dinner, or lunch, sorry. But then poor old Annie starts crying out. She's having pain. Her stomach really, really hurts. Uh, they go to the hospital and she's got trigabezal or Rapunzel condition or whatever it is. We find out she's been eating her hair. Uh, she has a giant hairball, furball stuck in her stomach. Um, and to which Sean says he'll do the surgery because again, they're not busy so they can clear up their schedule. And, um, <laughs> essentially he's blaming himself, uh, because, you know, he's got a new mum and, Teddy's standing up for her, and like again, just this Teddy character, you know, three episodes ago, four episodes ago, just hated all this family stuff and everything, and just doesn't suit that. Oh, no, get me started again. Um, so yes, that's Annie. She swallowed hair. Well, I have to say, like, we're into season six here. We've seen a lot of surgery scenes. This is the first one that I actually kind of dry-reached watching it, was, like, when he pulls that hairball out of her stomach. Like, I didn't think that that was something that I would, like, be disgusted by, but watching it, I was just like, ugh, like, it just, it's awful to watch. And it, I don't know if you had the same reaction, but it's like, oh, my God, like, it just made me kind of gag. It was, yeah, like, quite a disgusting thing to watch, really. Um, so, ugh, you were just I've, doing I've it because it was go- season six and this episode kind of bad. You weren't doing it for the surgery. Like, <laughs> oh, what am I watching? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, I think it's um, it's an interesting storyline, um, and and you know, like this is obviously something we're going to get a lot of in the next few episodes, is around kind of um, who's to blame for you know Sean's kids going off the rails, and um, I just you know I, I don't buy that Sean's this terrible father and it's all his fault, and you know like Julia is not a great kind of role model for these kids either, so. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not entirely sure I buy this kind of guilt that Sean's feeling. I, you know, I don't think he should be feeling this way. Um, you know, he's obviously not with his kids, which is not great. But, um, you know, that's not all his decision um, to, to do that. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I just I don't quite. But I do agree that Rose McGowan just doesn't feel like a, a stepmother to the, you know, like because I don't know, it'd be interesting to see what the age gap is between her and Dylan Walsh. But it feels like it's it's reasonably big. Like, and, and she just doesn't feel like a kind of motherly figure to these kids she just feels too young to really fit that mold well uh 10 years is the difference i can tell you so yeah 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 the, Dylan Walsh, 1963 rose mcgowan 1973 yeah and that feels about right and she was born in italy there you go i did not know that um yeah no i i i agree i agree with it all um yeah but uh anyway speaking of agreeing mario lopez as a woman um we get janet jackson nasty good song i'm gonna say it at least um, i do again this is like i like this kind of store i love to go to like christian's reaction i mean i say a lot about how i feel that there's a lot of phoning in coming in this season from our main actors and it's kind of they're not shining as much as perhaps we're used to seeing here but just you know julian McMahon looks like he's having fun in this store we've got that guy who's dressed as a, a woman i just love it when uh when mike's getting changed and christian's just like See the Lakers last night? It's <laughs> just like, yeah, I used to play in college. We're going to go all the way this year. Which, again, I've got a question. Uh, I mean, surely Christian's a Miami Heat fan. I mean, like, he's lived in Miami his whole life. I know we went back to, what, season one, wasn't it, when they were watching the Marlins play? That was baseball. Uh, and then, obviously, Sean uh, showed a bit of interest in the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, was it about season two? Um, but you know, I don't think we've maybe ever heard them talk about basketball, but he's Christian, just one of these bandwagoners. Like, oh, I've moved cities, better go for the Lakers now. Um, but well, <laughs> go, maybe, go, hey, 
We we don't know. Maybe the Lakers were playing the Heat. Maybe maybe that was True. the reason he was watching. But yeah, it does, um, I, I think um, you and I, as kind of um, Kiwis and, and and Aussies, you know, we tend to, tend to pick a team and, and support them through thick and thin. Which um, you know, it seems to be over there. Um, we, we're getting way off track here now, but they seem to kind of follow players more than teams. So you know, True. you've kind of you've kind of got your LeBron fans, haven't you? As opposed to people that are actually fans of. Um, you know, the Cavs or the Heat or whoever he happens to be playing for at the time. So, yeah, I don't know. It's, I think it's a bit of a different world there in terms of uh, how they how they kind of um, digest this sport, I guess. And it also could be just, I mean, I know since I've moved to sort of Brisbane and the Gold Coast, I mean, I sort of follow a few of their teams just, you know, closely and I kind of feel like I should support, particularly in the AFL. Like, I absolutely hate the Brisbane Broncos, so that's not going to happen. But, um, you know, I, I, it's kind of like... The, the, the Lions and the Suns, particularly the Suns, because they're struggling and no one goes for them anyway, I kind of feel an urge to, you know, put them as, like, my third favourite team or something like that, just because, you know, you sort of are in the area. So, and I think I, I would be that way. Should I ever move to Canada, the US, and I'm not necessarily in a city where I go for a team, you know, I feel as though you would want to go to games and maybe support them to an essence. So, um, you know, there's, there's possibly possibly that. I, I, I'm just, I'm that poor Tasmanian who didn't have a local team to support in anything, so I don't know what it's like to have a team in your local area, you know, professional league. Um, but yeah, Mario Lopez comes out, he's dressed as a woman. Um, anything to add on this? <laughs> I mean, it's a funny scene and it, it is really good. And, and, you know, that kind of like pretty woman moment, eh? We're like, they're, they're kind of sitting there waiting for him to, you know, <laughs> kind of come out and, um, and yeah, he's, <laughs> he's dressed in this gear. It, it is pretty funny. I do remember actually around about this time watching like Entertainment Tonight or something like that and they had like a thing like, and you'll never guess what Mario Lopez looks like in this week's episode of Nip Tuck. Um, so I do remember like a bit of promotion around this episode, um, which, you know, it's kind of funny. Um, then we've got, uh, Brigitte again. She's getting the leeches put onto her and she's talking about Dixie again. Um, and you know, she's, saying that why does people think I'm senile? Like, this is, you know, I'd never forget a face. And this there's kind of just this inkling here, which I feel could have been explored more. Because, like, I just almost feel like this whole Teddy scenario kind of gets rushed to a little bit as well. And, again, this is me complaining about something getting rushed when I just don't like this character anymore. But just that look we get of Liz, like, she's kind of got, a like, a questionable look on her face. Like, hmm, this sounds a bit strange. So why isn't there more of Liz investigating this before we ultimately get to what we get next week? That's kind of my weird thing about this. Do we even need that look of, of confusion on Liz's face? Because you feel that usually that's kind of a trope that that's going to lead somewhere, but it doesn't. Yeah, it, it is problematic, isn't it? Um, you know, the, um, the whole kind of Teddy storyline, just it kind of goes from kind of zero to ten so fast um, that, yeah, it is really hard to to kind of really digest and enjoy it um, because I think the, the ending of her story, you know, um, there is some potential to enjoy that, but it just happens so fast that, you know, it's really, it's just, yeah, it, it's hard to really get your head around what happens um, with her. It feels like they're building to something and then something completely different happens. So, yeah, I mean, we'll get there when we get there. But, yes, I do kind of feel like it's um, it's very abrupt. And I feel like if they're going to do a storyline, I'd rather they just committed to do it and do it properly. That would be my, you know, that, that would kind of be my preference. I think what should have been done, and because one thing that we haven't really established and we'll say it now, is that Season 6 doesn't really have a big bad. Like, this is kind of 
your one season where there's no real, uh, you know, antagonist for the season. You know, you might have a, one here or there that you can kind of put up there, but it doesn't last long. I think what could have worked is not introduce Teddy at all in season five. Bring her in in season six. Start her off purely as Rose McGowan if they have to, if they can't get Katie Sackhoff or get Katie Sackhoff and do this kind of like a, a season long arc where, you know, it's, it's kind of, it's building up to it. We're seeing the clues and then the, the big reveal at the end, you know, or a couple of episodes from the end, you know, if they're obviously going to wrap this show up for season six. I just think that could have worked a lot better or, you know, back when they were planning on making this two seasons, you know, do it at the halfway point, kind of how you wrap up the Colleen stuff halfway through last season. I just think that could have worked a lot more because, again, I think the confusion is is that if people are kind of, you know, not, you know, just watching this week to week, not paying as much attention as, like, the fans, you know, and they're confused already, like, wait a minute, she was Katie Sackhoff at the end of last season, now she's Rose McGowan. You're kind of just feeling like, again, as we keep saying, this is two different characters. So I think that could have worked a lot more and we could have had a lot more potential with kind of this storyline. Yeah, I think so. And, I, you know, we did talk about this a little bit in, in the back half of season five, which is that it feels like the writers have kind of lost a little bit of courage to kind of push out on some of these big storylines. So this whole thing with Teddy kind of, you know, going for the insurance claim and, and that kind of thing, it feels like they kind of decided to go for that and then chickened out. And so, you know, it just kind of never really lands. And yeah. It, what they do with it is just quite strange. And, yeah, to, to me, I just feel like there's a lot of things like that. I guess with the Christian Liz, you know, the way they resolve that, it happens really fast. And, yeah, I mean, it's just it's hard to kind of to really enjoy that because it just happens so, so fast. So it just feels like they're not really sure what they want to do, and so they just don't really commit to anything. They kind of just have these, like, kind of half-baked storylines that kind of go nowhere. And, yeah, it just it makes it hard for you to really get behind it and, and get excited because – yeah, it just feels like the writers aren't really behind it either. So, yeah, it's a tricky one. Speaking of tricky ones, we kind of get this scene, which I, it starts off okay. I kind of like this sort of cross-editing in some aspects where you've got Mario Lopez putting on makeup, you've got Matt putting on his mind, then you've kind of got Teddy, you know, getting herself ready to go. And then it just leads into this just weirdness in the fact that Teddy's just getting rid of all her clothes and her wigs and everything. And then she puts on this mask that we also kind of have in that uh, editing cuts there of this Steve guy and his uh, transvestite mask. And ultimately it leads to Teddy putting on a mask and a wig and killing Brigitte with leeches. Uh, I hate this. I just think it's just like, I don't even get why she needs to kill her. Like, it just, it, she's creating more suspicion on herself or everything along these lines. And again, like, all this stuff happens at McNamara Troy. They keep their license. There's no more suspicion in this. Like, do they honestly <laughs> believe that she's just put on more leeches and that's it? There's no more investigation? Like, Jesus Christ, Sean and Christian are the luckiest people in the world that they never get investigated more often. But, um, I just hate this. I hate that she has to kill. Like, we're meant to be led into more belief that she's just completely sadistic and evil now and will kill anyone. It just, no, I just, I just do not like this at all. It's, it's just a terrible, terrible thing they do here. I mean, I don't hate it quite that much, but I would definitely agree that it feels like um, overkill, which is probably the wrong word to use for this, <laughs> but it, it does kind of feel like there was probably a better way they could do this. I think what they're going for is that, you know, she suddenly sees something that, that is a threat to her cover, and so her, her way of dealing with that is to just, you know, go for the jugular and just get this woman killed. I think it's quite clever in that, you know, they find a way of making it look like an accident. And, you know, so I, I do like that, you know, like if she just come in and shot this woman, then that would have been 
looking, you know, messy. And yeah, so I, I do like that they've put a bit of effort into trying to make this, um, you know, feel like an accident. So there's there's at least that to it. Um, but yeah, I think it just it just feels a bit too much. Um, I do like the kind of like creepy look about it with the with the mask on and things like that. So I like some of the impulses. I'm just I'm I'm not overly keen on the execution. So yeah, it's kind of. I mean, you hate it. I um, I don't, I don't like it. But I wouldn't go as far as to say I hate it. I just think these coroners must be getting called to McMurray Troy. I'm like, what's yeah. going on? We're back there again. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. What is what is happening? Uh, meanwhile, uh, Mike uh, and Christian talk about this uh, night that they, that Mike had, and we find out that uh, Kimber liked this look. Um, I thought it was very kinky, and she essentially liked the fact that Mike went out of his way to do something to make her feel good. Um, and basically, poor old Christian, he has failed again here at uh, trying to get Kimber away and uh, you know win her back. So, you know, it's kind of a, an interesting uh, thing. I, I like the smug look that uh, Mario Lopez gives as he leaves out. I'm just going to just quickly, if you got anything to say on this thing, because I think I'll wrap all the last bits up into to one section here. Um, yeah, no, I, I mean, I think it's, um, you know, it, it, it's kind of the right impulse for, for that scene and, you know, the whole thing about, you know, he kind of asks the, the whole thing about, um, you know, um, something about Kimber, but basically he ends up, you know, he asked about, about, um, Christian and, and Kimber says no, what, whatever it is. And I think that's quite good that there's now some secrets and, you know, like I was talking earlier about Mike being, um, you know, a little bit, um, Dumb. You know, and innocent and, and, and oh, all that kind of and, and, and naive and, and that kind of thing. And I think you know and now he's kind of woken up to what Christian's about and that Christian's a bit of an arsehole, so he's kind of gonna play him at his own game. So yeah, I mean that's um I, I do appreciate that. I I think that that's um that's a good part of the scene. But yeah, there's there's not a whole lot to really talk about here, I don't think. Well, we've got this end bit, which, for some reason, when Sean wants to double his life insurance, he has to get a blood test. Is this an American thing? Is this a lot? I've never gotten life insurance, so maybe this is a thing. I don't know. Um, but for whatever reason, he's deciding to double his life insurance, but we then find out that Connor and Annie are going to be the sole beneficiaries of this. Poor old Matt, he's going to get nothing. Again, can we establish earlier on this episode that uh, Sean said that Annie gave him more trouble than Matt, yet you're leaving the money to Annie and not Matt. <laughs> so, again, not making sense here. Um, and essentially we get shitty Rose McGowan, who then says, oh, let's have Annie and Connor stay with us for a couple of months, and then we get creepy Rose McGowan looking at Annie at the end with these weird urn things which i don't even know what they are um how sean doesn't again put like wouldn't you think that's suspicious you've literally just said i'm gonna make them my sole beneficiaries hey guess what they should stay with us i'd be like um what that's a bit coincidental and also in the midst of this we get a really weird conclusion to the steve storyline where they put a mask on him you never get to see it i always think there's like a big twist coming with this but it's not. It's just. It's just weird. I don't get what the purpose of this scene is. Why don't we get to see him? So, ah, oh, this and, ending, and at least we don't end on a cliffhanger. But ugh, ugh. yeah, and and you know, and there's some weird things about that. I mean, um, you know, he kind of speaks in this really muffled voice, which I find yeah. very strange. You know, like if this was a mask and he was trying to pass himself off as a woman, then you know, if he was freaking like Griff, that might give it away a little bit. You know, like it's just it's so stupid. So you know, it just yeah, it's just it's really dumb and. You're right. Like it just makes no sense. Like I just I don't really think 
they have any idea what they were going for because I certainly don't know what they were going for. So yeah, it's all a bit lost on me really. But um, yeah, and then I think you know, like I I talk a lot on the show about um you know sean and christian so those two actors being really good kind of facial actors that they can tell you a lot just by their facial expression and how they react to things that are going on um through a look or, or anything like that and um you know rose mcgowan's an example of somebody who i don't think does that very well you know like she you know this the, i think i talked about this last episode that she kind of comes into the room where annie's kind of lying in this bed and she kind of just has this, this squinty eye look which is supposed to tell you that she's evil and she's planning something for her and it's like you know like could you have not done that in a slightly less kind of you know um i'm i'm you know if she had a mustache she would twirl it you know at that point it's just it's so dr kind of, evil with a little finger like pretty much yeah yeah million dollars yeah could we have not just do, done this in a slightly more subtle manner but unfortunately we can't we we yeah we're kind of stuck with what we've got so yeah it, it's just a really unsatisfying ending um it just feels like a complete mishmash of of different ideas and i think you know i've talked about that you know some of the ideas in in this i don't hate you know like i think there are some seeds of some good ideas here but it just feels like they just they have little care about how they're going to deliver those good ideas into like a you know a kind of coherent story at the end of the the episode so it's annoying to me you know just it it really is it it could be so much more and, and it's just not as yeah it's just frustrating um yeah i agree uh, speaking of frustrating, uh, let's rate this episode. I'll just jump in ahead of you here and just say I'm binning it again. <laughs> it's four in a row for me, but I will say I'm putting this ahead of Enigma from last week. So, uh, <laughs> although the first three episodes of this, uh, season have been bins, each episode has improved ever so slightly, but, um, it's still overall for me, um, uh, and this is, I will say has included the, the next two episodes as well, but, uh, this is currently sitting at 77th. Uh, on the overall list as of right now. Yeah, so it's going to be a bin for me as well, and and yeah, it's kind of disappointing that we're on this run of of you know pretty bad episodes. Um, yeah, I mean, and I think for the first time, I'm I'm starting to see what you're saying about the season that it is boring. Like there just wasn't a lot in this episode to to be interesting to me, and you know it's disappointing because I think we've you know we're establishing some good ideas, but. They just don't seem to really be interested in, in kind of tying them together in, in tidy ways. And yes, it just feels like you know, this just feels like this kind of thing where, you know, the writers are kind of juggling a whole bunch of balls together. And, um, you know, they used to kind of maybe care about whether or not those balls stayed in the air. And, and now they just don't seem to care at all. They're just going to let them fall where they may. And, you know, um, hope you enjoy the spectacle of watching these things fall, which is just disappointing, really. I wish people enjoyed the spectacle of my balls falling. But, you know, <laughs> it's not going to happen. Uh, next week, Jenny Juggs. Um, I'll say again, it's another improvement. <laughs> um, so, you know, we're, we're gradually getting up there. We might get to a rent eventually. Um, I, I think that Jenny, the, the difference is, is that, like, we go for a bit of humor next week. And I, I, I actually like the Jenny Juggs character. I think it's, it's funny. It's, again, very nip-tuck. And I think it's the first time this season we've really got that over-the-top nip-tuck style of character. Uh, so I actually like it, um, and I gotta say that I am happy that Teddy's gonna get killed. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry that I'm spoiling it for people next week, but um, I don't even care that I'm spoiling it for next week. But I will say it's an interesting idea what they do with how this happens. I mean, I'm not gonna be an overall fan. I don't think it's completely brilliant, but it's just an, it's a unique thing that. 
I remember watching this for the first time and I never saw this coming. So it was kind of like, oh wow, okay, that's, that's unique. And, uh, the guy who is involved in what happens to Teddy, I really like that actor. So, um, I think there's some stuff next week that is interesting. And also, you know, we get more of the Matt and the Mime stuff and Matt and the lineup and, you know, sure, why not? So yeah, I think there's stuff next week that there will be more positive things to say than we've talked about this week. I think, um, if nothing else, then that, that main character is memorable. Um, you know, like everyone kind of remembers the, epi- well, not everyone, but I think lots of people remember the episode with the, you know, the patient with the massive boobs. You know, it's just one of those <laughs> things that, that people remember. Um, and it feels like a very, very nip-tuck character, you know, and so, so I enjoy that aspect of it. So, um, yes, there's definitely things to enjoy in the next episode. Um, and you know, things take a turn. I mean, it is interesting that, yeah, things definitely um are a little bit different so yeah i mean i i I can't say for sure if i think it's going to be a better episode or not but um uh, yeah i mean some 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 kind of storylines have been built there i suppose and and i've got to at least appreciate that well we'll see how we go next week uh as always like us on facebook Follow us on Twitter, subscribe, you know the drill. And uh, again, thank you for sticking to us to this point. We're sorry that we're being negative Nancys at this point of the show, but, uh, you know, we did allude to this uh, very early on in the, this run of Nip Tuck that it wasn't always going to be uh, fantastic, that we were going to get to Season 6 eventually, and here we are. But uh, in the meantime, thank you for tuning in. My name is Ben, and I'm not a pretty woman. Uh, <laughs> my name's Nick, and uh, the kinkier the better. Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net.